your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. The St. Louis Blues, it has been a struggle for them after winning the first three games of the year. They have lost eight in a row. All eight of those losses have come in regulation. That's the first time in franchise history that they've ever lost eight straight with all losses uh, coming in regulation. It should also be mentioned they've lost every single one of those games by multiple goals. They're in the middle of playing five of six on the road, but they will be back at home tomorrow night for a matchup against the Sharks. We're very happy right now to uh, welcome in a senior writer for NHL.com. He also hosts uh, the Rink podcast, or the uh, At the Rink podcast, I should say. He is uh, Dan Rosen. Follow him on Twitter at D Rosen NHL. Dan, thank you so much for your time this evening. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing all right. What's we're trying to figure out what the heck's going on with the Blues here in St. Louis. So from a national perspective, when you look at this team that had fairly high expectations and see that they've lost all these games in a row by multiple goals, what's your take on this team? Well, there's a couple of things here that I think need to be pointed out, right? So if we just look at individuals, now Ryan O'Reilly has two goals and he has no assist. That's uncanny. Like that, that, that's in, uh, I would never ever have bet on that being the case. And it's not that Ryan O'Reilly is like this, this big time, all, you know, all world score, but two goals and, and, uh, and like no assists for a top centerman. That's pretty hard to believe, but worse yet, the minus 12. So, that's bad. Jordan Kyrou, who lit it up last year, Jordan Kyrou's got three goals, and he's a minus 17. Like, that's, he's been on the ice for, like, almost half the goals against. When you look at it that way, they have been outscored 38-12 to 12 in this eight-game losing streak. That's minus 26. That's three goals a game. They've lost four times by three goals, twice, four times by four goals, and twice by three goals. So what's wrong? Well, I mean, everything is, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, that, and that's, the, that's the problem. Is it's not just one thing you can pinpoint with St. Louis and say, well, if we fix this, we'll be all right. They're not defending. They're not defending hard. They're not generating offense. Um, they can't keep the puck out of the net. They're not getting saves. I mean, they're goaltenders. You're looking at neither one of them are above 900 on a save percentage. Uh, both of them well above three in a goals against. So they're not getting saves. They're not getting the goalie to, to bail them out when you need it. And the calling card for the Blues since Craig Berube took over is they are one of the hardest teams to play against. But they're quite easy to play against right now. And when you're easy to play against in the NHL, you're going to lose. That's, this is what's going to happen. Doug Armstrong has said Craig Berube's not going anywhere. He said that to the team. So the next thing that can happen, because Armstrong is not somebody who generally just kind of sits around, is moves to be made. It's still early on in the season. Do you see a scenario where we start seeing the Blues making some significant moves? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to because, you know, I mean, look, that is the, the, the dreaded vote of confidence. That, that right, we've all seen it uh, in the coach. And by no means am I going to sit here and say this is on Craig Berube. 
right? I mean, he didn't become a bad coach overnight. He didn't become a coach that couldn't lead this team to where it needs to go overnight. It's just, I want you, you have to wonder if, if, you know, the message isn't getting through anymore. And that that's what you hear about with coaching uh, coaches in the national hockey league is, is the message getting through? I don't know. I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that long, you know, it, it was, we're coming up on four years. I think when, when the blues fired Mike Yo and named Baruby the interim coach, that was November 19th, 2018. And what'd they do? Well, they went on and won the Stanley cup that year. Right. So the, the playbook is out and we've seen it happen before where the St. Louis blues are really, really struggling in the first quarter of the season. They make that coaching change and they take off. And it's a lot of the same pieces, not all the same pieces, but a lot of them, but I don't want that to happen because I think Baruby's a good coach. I mean, it, we were talking about this today on the, uh, the NHL at the ring podcast. And it's, you know, like if you're not going to listen to Craig Baruby, who are you going to listen to? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy's terrifying if you're not going to listen to him, you know? And, 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 he, and I see that with love because I, I, think, I think the world of Greg Berube. But, you know, like, how could his message not be getting through? I, I don't get that. And this is on the players. But, uh, unfortunately, in pro sports, when it's on the players, it can't be on all of them. So what happens is the coach goes. So Ryan O'Reilly talked after the game yesterday. And to his credit, like, he, he keeps saying, I'm, I'm playing horribly. But he also said – we know what the problem is, but we don't have the answer. And to me, I thought that was really damning that he said that because what, what do you do with that? If you don't know what the answer is to a problem that you know, like how in the world do you get out of this? You get out. It's a great point because that, that is a damning quote. Like, you know, we know what the issue is. We have no answer for it. That's like, wow, like what are we doing here? But this might sound very, very simple and, and – and maybe even kind of, you know, a, a little, you know, yeah, it's simple. Let's just say simple. Go out tomorrow and get an elite goaltending performance. That's what they need. Honestly, that's what they need. They need an elite goaltending performance from Bennington or Thomas Grice. My guess is it'll be Bennington against another last place team. The San Jose Sharks are a last place team. They have the same amount of wins as the Blues. They're three, eight and three and the Blues are three and eight, right? They played three more games. They got They've lost in the shootout the last three games to Sharks. Go out and get an elite goaltending performance because all of a sudden, when you when that happens, guys all of a sudden get a little bit taller. They start to play a little bit better. Uh, a lot of times in the NHL, when players are not believing that their goaltender is going to make the save, it really does impact their play. And I wonder if that's starting also to creep in because, as I mentioned before, they're not getting the save. It's not on the goalies. All I'm not saying it's all on the goalies. But they need an elite goaltending performance where a goalie, Bennington, stands up and says, guys, come on my back, and we're going to fix this thing right now. And then I think you can make it roll a little bit. But if you can't get an elite goaltending performance, then even though the guys might be playing a strong game, it, it might not be enough as is. So it's hard, and it's hard to build on that. They need an elite goaltending performance. Last thing for Dan Rosen, as we have just a couple minutes left in the program. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. This Bruins situation with Mitchell Miller, now it's being told that they can't just rescind the contract, so they got to figure out how to how to work through that. It, Man, it feels like a lot of mistakes were made all over the place on this. Yeah, it's unfortunate. There's no question. What's most unfortunate, it is it's brought up um, for the victim. It's brought up a lot of yeah. uh, bad, bad memories, A, but... You know, now there's new stuff he's dealing with, new hate he's dealing with, unfortunately, as people jump on this. Um, that's the worst part about this whole thing. I think the contract situation, that'll get ironed out. 
Uh, the Bruins have been on record as admitting their mistake. Uh, look, I don't know how it, it came to this to be this way, and I'm not going to pretend that you know I have all the information. I, I find it hard to believe that they didn't have the information they have now, but maybe they didn't, whatever it might be. Um, they're trying now to walk it back, and they're trying to start down the path of, of doing the right thing in this situation. But unfortunately, what has happened is the victim is being victimized again, and he's having to live through this all over again. And that is the absolute worst part about this. So uh, we can talk about the contract and what the Bruins have done and all that stuff, but my, my thoughts are really with, with uh, the victim in this situation and, and unfortunately him having to live through it again. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a very good point, and that should be the thing that should be the mentioned uh, first off. Uh, Dan Rosen, senior writer for NHL.com, also uh, co-hosting uh, the NHL at the Rink podcast. Dan, thanks so much for the time. Hopefully we can uh, catch up with you occasionally uh, during the course of the season. Yeah, sure. Anytime.